Welcome to Project Panthers, a weekly podcast discussing your Florida Panthers. Now, here's your host, Brunswick. What a week, what a week, what a midweek? That's right, it's a special midweek, mid-season review of Project Panthers. I am your host, Brunswick, and what a season it's been in Panthers territory so far. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts by searching Project Panthers. Find us on Twitter, at Proj Panthers, that's P-R-O-J Panthers, and on Instagram by searching Project Panthers Pod. Panthers record currently sits at 19-5-4 at the midway point of the season, sitting first place in the entire NHL as of this recording. Not too bad, friends, not too bad. We're at the 28-game point of the season, which in today's COVID-complacent NHL is the halfway point of the year. So far, it's been an amazing season. Uh, one of their best, honestly. I, I wanted to break each player down and give my take on how each guy has looked this season. I'm not going to go into any specific order. Just going to go work my way upwards from bottom of the team in terms of point totals. I'm going to be I'm going to be using a letter rating since I uh, I think that's that gives the most flexibility in terms of nuance and it's kind of just a system I chose to use. Um, please remember that these ratings are completely and utterly arbitrary I am only basing them on a combination of my own observations watching the game watching every single game this season and combining that with some statistical analysis if you want to rake me over the coals for some of these takes please feel free so let's get started with these mid-season rankings of the Panthers so far through the 2021 NHL season up first is defenseman Riley Stillman he only played one game this season the first game of the year against the Blackhawks he struggled a bit, and he hasn't seen NHL ice since. He does have three assists in five games down in Syracuse, so some success in his limited time there. I'm going to say not applicable for a rating, since one game is tough to rate a guy on. just felt like I wanted to mention him in this podcast, and I'd like to see him back in the lineup at some point. He's been on the taxi squad a bit, so I'd like to see him back in and get another chance at this, because some of us had some hopes for him this coming into this year, so like to see Riley Stillman back there again. Next up, defenseman Noel Jolson. He's battled a bit of injuries this season after not touching NHL ice for over three years. In only four games, he's had some decent moments of play, but hasn't shown enough to earn a consistent spot in the lineup, unfortunately. Right now, I'd rank him at a D- for the season. Vinny Hinnestroza has been a huge disappointment, in my opinion, this season. Not that he was expected to come in and dominate in the points categories and then be a force all over the ice. But there, there aren't a lot of negatives on this team. And I think Henestrosa is unfortunately one of them. I was hoping he would find a spot in the bottom six and contribute some offense, be a spark plug for this team. He's looked all right in his seven games, but he's yet to get a point and really has little impact on the team. Even coach Q hasn't really liked his game. And when he does play, he's only averaged nine minutes and 31 seconds of ice time. I give Vinny an F on this season so far. I really hope he turns around going forward because I thought he was going to be a solid contributor on the bottom lines. 2018 first rounder forward Grigory Denisenko. He only played a couple of games so far this season. Looked a bit uncomfortable in his first game against Nashville, but battled hard, made a couple of decent plays. He'll be in the lineup again and still has a bright future ahead of him. I give him a D rating right now. Offseason uh, player tryout offer signing... Um, Kevin Connaughton didn't get into the lineup until the end of February this season. But he looked like a bit of a nice surprise in the first couple of games. But his play seemed to slow down a bit after that. I remember he had a tough game against Carolina. 
Uh, with some of the guys coming back from in- injury, Connaughton hasn't played since March 7th, so sort of the odd man out right now. Still, his plus five rating in five games shows he's played decently. If Strawman continues to be in and out of the lineup this season I, with his injury troubles that seem to be hampering him lately, I think Connaughton is a fine and te- fine temporary fill-in. I'd rate his season as a D-plus so far, slightly above the minimal expectations uh, I had going into the season for him. Alexi Hepanoyemi had a thrilling OT winner for his first NHL career goal against the Detroit Red Wings, if you remember that game. It's a real special moment for him and the team this year. Uh, he only played another two games after that and was quickly sent down to the taxi squad slash AHL. He's got four helpers, but no goals in three games down in Syracuse. I expect a similar trajectory for Hepanoyemi as I do for Denisenko. So far, I'd give him a C- minus this season. That OT winner was nice, and he's showed a couple of nice plays and some offensive instincts in his first few games, but nothing to uh, to celebrate just yet besides that OT winner, obviously. Uh, hot off his first career NHL goal, Ryan Lomberg. He's been a decent addition to the team. He's brought in to be an energy guy, and so far he's been that. Not the greatest offensive skills or instincts, and although his one goal this season would uh, say otherwise, that, that beautiful little bat out of the air, it's a real nice one for your first NHL goal. Uh, he's a spark on the bottom line, but not much else. He shows play, shows up to play whenever he wants, whenever he's in the lineup. But uh, for a guy like that, that's all you can really ask for is just to show up and play. I'd give Lomberg a, a C this season. He is meeting expectations for for what he is. Marcus Nudivara was acquired from the Blue Jackets last October for AHL or Cliff Poo. I think a lot of us had some higher expectations for Nudivara this season. He was advertised as a solid defenseman that can play. A decent two-way game, but so far this season, I've seen him struggle defensively. Offensively, he's contributed a bit in the nine games he has played. He's got a few assists, but isn't particularly strong in the puck and doesn't contribute enough on the front front end to uh, to make up for his weaknesses on the back end. I think having Nudie and Yandel in the lineup on the same night is, is a bit redundant. I do think Nudie is a bit better defensively than Yandel, but not enough to make up for Yandel's offensive ability. Nudie gets a disappointing C minus from me at this at the halfway point of the season. I uh, I kind of expected more from him. Next up is winger Brett Connolly. He has not been in the lineup since we switched over to March on the calendar. That's eight games for anyone counting at home. I also had some hopes for Cons this year. I thought he'd provide some good veteran leadership, experience, and consistency to the bottom two lines. Unfortunately, he struggled to stay relevant on this team. He, his most valuable asset is his shot, and his offensive ability this year has not offered up much at all. Three points in only 16 games. His only goal, albeit being a valuable one, an empty netter. He's made some strong defensive plays at times, but just isn't consistent enough. And younger guys like Tippett and Marchman have already stepped in and passed him on the death chart. Elliot Friedman of Hockey Night in Canada slash Sportsnet fame mentioned uh, some rumors about Teams possibly being interested in Connolly's services this season. But after clearing waivers earlier in the year, seems that most teams don't want to foot the bill of his $3.5 million contract that lasts another two years beyond this season. But injuries happen, and maybe keeping Connolly might be an okay thing for now, as he as he can step up in most lines and, and not look completely out of place. I give Conman a D rating for this season, though. I, I do I did expect more from him this year after hitting nearly 20 goals last season. 
Finnish center Juho Lamico made his season debut on January 30th against Detroit and has basically been in the lineup since. Offensive, offensively, he has not done a ton. He's only got three goals, no assists in 20 games. But he's respons- responsible enough defensively that you can put him put his fourth line out there and they can hold their own against just about anybody's team, any any team's lines, first line or fourth line. He's been a nice addition to the team this year. I honestly, uh, I really like his game. He's nothing flashy, just hardworking, does the simple things. I love that smile of his too, the classic hockey player look, right? He's just got those chompers in the front just missing, just the Bobby the Bobby Clark smile. You just, you love it, love to see it. Not a lot of guys like that in the league anymore that have that look, but Lammy's sporting it. Uh, the fourth line center spot looks like it's his to lose. Uh, I don't see it happening this year, though, uh, unless the Panthers do look for some more help down the middle before the trade deadline. That would naturally push Lammy down the depth chart, but I think even so, Coach Q would likely do his best to keep him in the lineup. I think he likes his game a lot, and he'd make him a winger maybe. He's responsible defensively and, and is rarely caught not moving his feet. I'd give Lammy a solid C-plus rating on the season up to this point. I expect him to only get better in the second half of the year. Gustav Forsling joined the team uh, after GM uh, Bill Zito claimed him off waivers from Carolina uh, to add some depth to the team's back end. I think this move is fueled by Coach Q. Uh, He was a bench boss for Forsling for three years in Chicago as he bounced back and forth between the AHL and the NHL. And I honestly love Gustav's game. It's hard not to notice on the ice. His skating is very strong. His instincts with the puck and away from the puck are really, really good. He has a unique skill of being able to read a pass and get his stick in the lane to break it up. And again, not something that shows up on the stat sheets very often, but is a strong tool to have as a defenseman. His offensive instincts are also above average. He's not quite to the level of an Ekblad, but he's found some openings a couple of times this year and gotten through the opposition's defense all alone to create a high-danger chance for either himself or a teammate. He's finally being rewarded offensively with four points in his last four games played after not putting up anything for his first 11. So the trend is right. I think as the games go on, Forsling is just going to do more and more to solidify his spot in the team's top six. Gustav earns a B rating for me this season, a pleasant surprise on an already surprising team. Uh, Let's go to the butcher shop and talk Radko Gudis. The big bruising defenseman was brought in to help two things on this team. One, to be harder to play against. Two, hit, hit, hit. And boy, does he ever hit. Currently sitting in first place in the NHL with 128 hits in just 27 games played. For some context here, last season's leader in hits for the team for the entire season, that's 66 games played, was Noel Achari at just 121 hits. Vitrano was the only other one last season to hit triple digits. Gudis has surpassed that team high of last season and left it in the dust. Butcher has always been a player that I hated whenever the Panthers had to play him, and having him on our side now feels great. He's yet to score a goal in the Panthers' uniform, but scoring wasn't the purpose of his acquisition. Like You don't bring a guy like Gudis in to score goals. There was talk about Radko being a bit irresponsible with some penalties, but so far I've, I can only think of a couple of instances this season where he's taken a bit of a bad penalty, but most of the time his physical play has significantly brought more positives to the game than negatives. Big momentum swings. Uh, We all saw this in the hit against Chicago on Saturday. What a momentum shift that was, right? Butcher earns a B-plus for me this season. The type of player that can turn a game around just with a couple of hits. That is a great, great player to have and great piece to have in your locker room. Mason Marchment, forward uh, 
traded for Dennis Malgan last year. Joined the Panthers uh, before, just before the pandemic hit, actually. Came over from the Maple Leafs. Dennis Malgan is, of course, playing over in Switzerland this season. Opted to stay back home uh, during COVID. So he's not with the Maple Leafs in the NHL. And uh, so far, so good. I, I Malgan hasn't really turned to the NHL that a lot of us thought he might be. Showed glimpses of it. But Marchman, on the other hand, so far, I mean, again, small sample size, but been playing fantastic hockey since coming to, with coming to the Panthers. Uh, he's the son of former and often despised NHLer Brian Marchment. Uh, not the cleanest guy, Brian Marchment, in terms of uh, his hit quality, but Mason come Mason came in and, uh, and uh, immediately made an impact this year. I mean, he's got six points in eleven games. He's had some time with, on the top line with Barkey and Huberdo, and and he's also earned a spot on that second power play unit, playing the role of Patrick Hornquist where he plants himself in front of the net and lets the perimeter players unload clappers. Defensively, I think he's still got a bit to learn. He's been caught on some unfortunate matchups out there and had a rough game against Nashville earlier in the year. There's a lot, to, a lot of room to grow there, but I think he's earned himself a regular role on the team as it stands right now. There is a chance he'll still sit here and there. Here and there. I mean, Q seems to really enjoy keeping his bottom six guys hungry. Hungry to play, and he's got a bunch of guys to work with, so don't be surprised to see Mason City Gamer 2 here or there. Regardless, though, uh, so far this trade is shaping out great for the Panthers. One last little gift from Dale Talon. Uh, Mason earns a B-minus rating so far for me this season. Still a bit of a small sample size, but he's exceeding any expectations so far and hopefully will continue the momentum he's built for himself in the first half. This is Project Panthers. I am Brunswick. Thanks for joining me for the special midweek, midseason review of the Florida Panthers so far this season. Next up is Noel Achari. Big fan favorite, this guy. He's been Noel Achari. Struggled a bit to get his offense going this season. Never has been a huge offensive juggernaut before last season, in all fairness. But finally scored and scored big after getting a hat trick against the Predators. His third hat trick in two seasons with the Panthers. Remember, remember when it felt like there wasn't going to be another hat trick for decades? There just wasn't anybody good enough to ever score three goals in one night. I remember during those early 2000 seasons after Bray left, it felt like there wasn't going to be a hat trick for a little while there. I, I may be wrong, and maybe we just went a season or two without having a a player score three goals in one game, but it felt, you know, talking to the fans I was talking to back then online, it really felt like, like we were never going to get a player that was going to have a three-goal game ever again. But I'm sure Ole Jokinen had some in there and, Maybe Nathan Horton too, you know. Um, but in terms of Noel Chari, I don't really have any complaints from him. He's he's a key player to the bottom six. He often takes important faceoffs. Faceoffs down the stretch defensively. He leads the team in defensive zone starts by almost ten percent, starting seventy five percent of his faceoffs in his own zone. No real complaints from him. He's been he's even improved his faceoff percentage as he was struggling to start the season, but now he's currently sitting at a career high percentage in draws. Coaches love a guy like this, and you completely understand why he averages over 14 minutes a game despite being a fourth liner, a prototypical fourth liner. You know, I say that in quotations. His penalty killing has also been great this year. Solid B rating for Cookie this season. He just needs to keep doing what he's doing. And everyone's uh, early season whipping boy, Owen Tippett, is up next. He's finally taken what seems to be his next step in his young NHL career. After scoring goals in back-to-back games in Columbus, Tippett has, Tippett has found... A newfound confidence with the puck. 
All of his seven points have come in the last 14 games, four of which have come in just his last four games, including three goals. He's still playing sheltered minutes, but his laser of a shot has earned him a spot on the second power player unit where he's added two goals for the team already. I think we are finally starting to see the next gear in him and hope to only see it continue, to be honest. He's he's dynamite out there when he when he's on, honestly. You can see the little sparks of it, right? I give Tippett a C-plus overall in the season. A little low, but so far he's struggled quite a bit in his first chunk of games. However, I do believe the sky is still the limit for him, and he's shown glimpses of greatness over the last chunk of, chunk of games. So I got high hopes. Uh, defenseman Anton Strawman had a great start to the season. You could tell the extra rest during the offseason did him well coming back from surgery. He's been looking like Strawman of old this year, holding down a spot as the second power play unit QB, as well as improving his game in his own zone. Unfortunately, he was injured in early March and just hasn't looked the same in the last few games. Not sure if the injury is bothering him or if it's something else, but suddenly he's he's missing his assignments a bit more, getting caught out of the position and making some simple mistakes. I do hope it's just something as simple as taking a few more games off to heal properly. The team needs Strawman. They need him in the lineup if they want to be successful rolling multiple lines all night. Straw sits at a B- for me this season. His play has been really solid overall, um, but the recent struggles lowered him a bit on the ratings for me this year. One of the only two remaining pieces of last season's Vincent Trocek trade with Carolina, Etu Luo Starnin has come in and immediately made an imp- impact with this team. Plays a solid 200-foot game and is sort of like a, a baby Barkov in a lot of ways. Good stick handling skills, decent vision, and very responsible defensively. My only, my only real knock on his game is his strength with the puck. Sometimes it seems like he's knocked off the puck a little too easily and is forced to adjust on the fly after a giveaway. But he matches up quite, quite well against teams' top lines and has the majority of his starts in the defensive zone. So he's not playing that many sheltered minutes. It's also 8 points in 24 games. That's all you can look for in, a, in terms of output for your third-line center, especially on a team as top-heavy as the Panthers. I think the strength thing will come with him. I mean, he's still very young. So with time, he'll build more muscle. He'll get a little stronger. He'll, you know, I'm sure the team has a plan with him, and, and that, that part of his game will, will grow as, as he matures physically. I give you to a, a B rating at the midway point of the season for exceeding expectations and getting the lineup, staying in the lineup, and becoming a consistent contributor for this first-place team. Late, uh, late free agent signing Anthony Duclair made an impact right away on this team. This is noticeable from Game 1. Playing on the top line with Verhage and Barkov to start the season, Duclair was explosive at the beginning of the season. But as games carried on, we started seeing some defensive lapses and falling out of favor with the coaching staff as a result. His spot on that top line has since become a bit of a rotating door with Duclair occupying the spot maybe 40% of the time for about the last two-thirds of the season. He's really dynamic out there, but he struggles to finish his chances. It was almost painful watching him be unable to finish his opportunities. So many opportunities. I mean, the breakaways, the odd man rushes, the shots in the slot, the wraparounds. It's it's crazy when you look at the highlights of Anthony Duclair not being able to score this season. 12 points in 21 games, but only 21 goals, or two goals this year. And, and dating back to last season with the Sens, Duclair has only four goals in his last 49 games played. 
regardless, he does drive play and his speed and with his speed and he hasn't been a huge liability for the team overall this season. Uh, I'd say I'm pretty happy with his play, given what I expected coming into this year, and I'd give him a C plus for the season. You just wish he'd score on his chances a bit more and and shore up that defensive play a little bit. Speaking of defensive play, center Alex Wenberg has been an interesting piece for the Panthers this year. His defensive game is sound. He plays responsibly and is often in the right position at the right time. Offensively, he's been about what's to be expected for a guy in his at his stage in his career and what he's been doing lately. Not really the 59-point player he once was, but still capable enough to hang with the likes of Huberto for most of the season. His six goals in 28 games is already better than the five he had with Columbus in 57 games last year. Interestingly, interestingly enough, he's actually turned his face-off game around completely. I remember commenting on it earlier this season, saying he was a liability taking uh, defensive zone face-offs. And he was only winning around a 45% uh, per rating, which was below his career average of around 47%. But since then... He's won, an impre- he's won at an impressive clip and has improved his season average to 51.1%. A career high for him right now and second on the team only to Barkov. Do I think Wenberg is a long-term solution at second-line center? Not sure right now. But I do think he's the ideal third-line center. Regardless, I give Wenberg a B, a B solid B rating. He does a lot for this team and, and that goes unnoticed on the stat sheet. There's a lot of defensive plays that he makes that you're not going to see on Hockey DB. So, pretty decent season for Wemberg so far. Next up, forward Frankie V. Frankie Vitrano, one of the longer tenured Panthers still on the team. Started the season a bit slow, statistically speaking, but has continued his play throughout most of the season. Hasn't really gotten discouraged and just head down north-south hockey. Lately, he's been on fire, though. Six goals in his last 10 games. He scored a couple of OT winners this year. Once again, a great bottom six guy that you can that can step into your top six and not look out of place. His effort is there every night, and he's the kind of player that you just love to cheer for. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm possibly getting a Panthers jersey soon, and, and I'm seriously debating possibly getting a Frank Vitrano jersey. I just love the way he plays. I love his game. I, I I'm a huge fan of his. It, you know, hard not to be. I give Frankie V a B-plus this season. For me at this point, he drives play so often, he generates so many chances with that effort and energy and attitude. It's just so great to watch. And next is uh, someone who I I feel I was a bit hard on to start the season. Defenseman Mackenzie Wieger. Struggled out of the gate. Wasn't playing a very simplified game defensively. He was just trying too much. Mishandling the puck. Trying to deke around a four-checking winger. Just making weak passes that get intercepted. It was a lot of simple mistakes that he could avoid easily. But as the season progressed, he's really slowed his game down and found another level. Ekblad has been such a monster this season on this pairing that Uyghur's game has gone somewhat unnoticed around the NHL, which is a crime in my mind. He currently leads the league in even strength points by defensemen. Crazy. Crazy. Don't You don't believe me that he's turned around? 14, 14 of his last 17 points this season have come in his last 18 games. So three points for the first 10 games, 14 in his next 18. His confidence and control have jumped a few levels this year. 
It's really something special to see. He's part of one of the best defensive pairings in the league, in my opinion, and I cannot sing his praises enough right now. I give Weeks the first A rating as an A- minus for the season for Weeks. His game has taken, uh, it's gone to new heights. It's really something special to watch. One of the big stories, actually the big story for the Panthers this year, coming into this season, was that of defenseman Keith Yandel and his Ironman streak. And whether or not the coaching staff would end said Lion Man streak, which currently sits third all time at 894 games played. That's 894 straight games played. Damn, doesn't that feel like a thousand years ago right now? Honestly, it's to think about that we were discussing that and debating that, and that was the big hoopla coming into this season. It's borderline surreal to look back at it. I, all I can do is smile like a fool right now because it's honestly, it's something else. It's something else. But Yandel's been Yandel. You can never expect much from him defensively. 13 of his 18 points this year on the power play, just as you'd expect. As you'd expect. And it's just what he is. He's a power play specialist. His gas do cost the team, though. And they happen a little too often. Let's just hope it doesn't burn the team at the wrong time. Because that's going to really, really, really suck. Regardless, Yans is what he is, and he gets a B- from me at this point of the season. Offensive contributions cannot be uh, discounted, but his, uh, his defensive contributions, we can live without. Our last defenseman on the list, Mr. Aaron Ekblad, having a Norris caliber season. He's found his offensive touch again. And he does not shy away from shooting the puck this season. Defensively, he's even better than he was last year. But his shot is where he's really taken off. Not only is he shooting the puck 30% more this season compared to his career average, he's also scoring on 13.2% of his shots. He's floated around 6% for most of his career, for a frame of reference. You can see a clear-cut difference in his wrist shot this year. No longer does he rely on the snapshot as much as he to find the ability to pick corners. He uses his wrister now, and he's scoring at a 29-goal pace over an 82-game season. He's been absolutely dominant offensively, especially now that he's been added to the power play. Tied for the team lead in power play goals with six. He's already tied his career high in that stat, which was set in his rookie year. I can't believe that people had any doubt about this draft pick when he went first overall. There was always this belief that you don't draft a defenseman first overall, no matter how good they are, because of a few guys that didn't get it done, like Eric Johnson, for example. But, you know, I mean, Good Branson was a guy who was drafted high as well and didn't really pan out the way the team expected him to. But this is not Eggblad. Eggblad has turned into one of the game's best. It's a solid A-plus season for Ekblad for me right now. A solid A-plus season. He has been a workhorse, a dominant force, a incredible piece to what this franchise has built this season. He's only 25 years old. That's the crazy thing to think about, is he's only 25 years old. It's, he's just 
just just sniffing his prime just now oh man gonna be fun speaking of fun Carter Verhage came over on a two year deal after Tampa let him walk to a free to free agency and he hasn't looked back since back since at all coaching staff gave him a real shot this year they plopped him on the first line with Barkov and Carter responded 22 points in 28 games this year 11 goals all at even strength this is a guy who scored just nine goals all last season. Last season, all of last season, he hasn't looked out of place once with Barkov. And although, at times, he may not be present in the game, I think those times are few and far between. He generates a lot of offense and has a very strong sense for the game. I personally think he's one of the most underrated Panthers right now. And just because so many guys are having incredible years, when you consider what Verhage has done in his short time, it's. It's really impressive, and it kind of flies under the radar because of it. People talked about getting another Marchessault, but right now it looks like we may even have a better version of Jonathan Marchessault. Marchessault was not always the best defensively, and Verhage, in my opinion, is much more reliable in his own zone. He's also scoring at a similar rate as Marchessault, and he's five years younger. So we'll see what the ceiling is for Carter soon enough. I think he's the perfect complementary player to have on a line for on a line for a guy like Barkov, a guy who can hang offensively, he isn't a liability defensively, and has a good hockey sense to go along with Barkies. A minus season so far for Verhage, an A minus season. I, I have to factor in all the variables and what he's done this year as a whole. Zito found an absolute gem here. Well done. That brings us to Patrick Hornquist, traded to Florida from Pittsburgh for Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier. Panthers fans were happy that the team was able to rid themselves of Matheson alone. Getting Hornquist back in the deal was a massive cherry on top. Hornquist was brought in for similar reasons to Radko Gudis. A culture change. A shift in attitude, both on and off the ice. The tangible things Hornquist brings has has done this year are, are all visible on the stat sheet every night. Third on the team in hits. Tied for second in goals. Six power play goals, which is tied for first on the team with Ekblad. And third on the team in points. All that alone is something else considering where people thought Horny's career was headed after a slowdown in offensive production and a couple of injuries. He is 34 this season after all, right? Not, not exactly a young spring chicken. But all of that isn't the main ingredient that Patrick brings to this team. His winning attitude, accountability, and desire for success is something that almost it's almost palpable in a locker room when a guy with that's respected like that the respect he brings from around the league into your locker room. It's its an invaluable trait that cannot be taught or learned. He and Gudis alone have completely changed this team's persona. A solid A season for Hornquist right now. He's another player you hate to play against but love to have on your team. And between him and Gudis, I, I don't know who's played a bigger role in completely flipping this team's attitude and and reputation on its ass. Incredible. Incredible stuff from them this season. Speaking of incredible, Jonathan Huberto continues to score at one of the highest paces in the NHL yet again this year. 34 points on the season. Tied for team lead and 7th in the entire NHL with teammate Alexander Barkov. Hubi has flourished into an offensive dynamo that can make even a center like Wenberg an offensive threat out, threat out there. Being separated from Barkov this year was a bit of a gamble by the coaching staff, but both guys have proven that they are the real deal even on their own. 
It's given the team a new depth offensively that they've never had since either Hubie or Barkov were on the team. Interestingly enough, Huberto is playing about a minute and a half less per game this season compared to his last few seasons. He's had a couple of games with some defensive mistakes where Coach Drew set him on the bench for a bit, and overall he's playing less. Curious to see what he'd be doing with that extra 90 seconds of ice time this season. But so far it's working, so I don't see a reason to change whatever Q and company are doing. A solid A season for uh, for Huberto so far this season. He's been solid enough offensively despite some uninspired defensive play and tough to tough to argue with that kind of output on the score sheet and captain Alexander Barkov. What can I even say about this guy at this point? What can I say? His game is on an entirely other level. It's like he doesn't get off the ice. Some nights He's averaging over 21 minutes of ice time. A game kills penalties, plays power play and dominates at even strength. This is the best that Alexander Barkov has ever played up to any point in his career. The biggest difference I see in him is, is his shooting, much like Aaron Ekblad. In the offseason, we saw him practicing with uh, friend uh, Blue Jackets forward Patrick Laine, who possesses an absolute whole zinger that we've all seen firsthand this season. He's also shooting the puck a ton more. He currently sits 8th in the league in shots on goal. Quite a jump from being tied for 68th in that category last season. For years, it seems that everyone has been hoping Barkov shoots more often, and although he will still pass the puck often on clear breakaways sometimes, and I'll yell at the TV in frustration, because of course, I'm a crazy fan, he's undeniably shooting far more often. And wouldn't you know it, he leads the team in goals with 12 at the midway point of the season. That's a 35-goal pace over 82 games. That would be a career high for Barkov. He's been the MVP of this first-place team all season. Cannot sing his praises enough. A-plus for the captain of this team. A-plus season so far for Alexander Barkov. Now to the keepers. Chris Drieger came off a great little sample size of games last season. Picked up right where he left off this year. Although his game has come back down to earth a bit over his last few starts, he still has the best numbers on the team and and gives the team a chance to win every night. Every night he plays, the team has a chance. His style complements the team really well. As he inhales shots to prevent rebounds really well. He reali- he relies a lot on uh, on positioning. Much like the Panthers defensive scheme. So it all blends well together. I've loved his game so far. And, and, and hope that he starts a few more games. As I believe he's got a bright future ahead of him. It's a B plus season for Driggs. For me right now. B plus season. I think he's been a really nice backup goaltender to have. Quality piece playing behind Bobrovsky. Won a lot of games for us this season, for sure. Last but certainly not least, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. Bob started the season once again looking like he was going to be fighting the puck all season long. He's quickly turned it around, though. He really has. Started playing much better game overall. You can see he's he's calmed down a bit in net. Comes up with a couple of really big saves almost every game now. And that's all you can ask for from a goalie. His stats still aren't where you might want them to be, but they are much, much improved over last season with a save percentage into the 900s and a goals against average under three. Now, those stats are trending in the right direction too. Keeps the team in most games and 
has a penchant for those game-saving plays that you love to see. Although they put your heart in your throat, right? <laughs> his, his confidence has, uh, has definitely improved, and it finally looks like he's enjoying himself out there again, like he's having fun playing hockey. His team needs Bob to be successful. They've got his contract, whether they like it or not. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're stuck with it as of now. And right now, it doesn't feel like they're so stuck with it. Feels like he's playing a little closer to that price tag than ever before. It's a B-plus season for Bob this so far for me. I think he's, he's bounced back well from a slow start, and that could have really spiraled. And he's done a great job with his team right now. I think uh, overall, the coaching staff, they brought in Ulf Samuelson this season to be the new defensive coach, and I really have to applaud what, uh, what the staff has done with this team. I think, I mean, Coach Q had to deal with the task of four of his top six guys being new bodies and most of his bottom six changing too. That's tough. That's a lot of turnover. And it's, it's, it's COVID. So all of this during a pandemic, like it's not easy times for anybody right now. So I applaud what they, the staff has done. They've, the conditioning on this team, um, some people have mentioned it online. The, the conditioning of this team seems to really play a factor in third-period comebacks, which we've all seen happen in abundance this season with the Panthers. They're never out of any game. It's been incredible to watch. It's to the point now where there's not even a fear that sets in when the team gets down 3-1. There used to be a way that we used to feel when the team started losing. There was that here-we-go-again thing. Here-we-go-again. Same old Panthers. Same old shit. It's been 20 years of this. That's all we felt. But it's not like that anymore. I don't know. It feels so weird. It's so weird. But, you know, they were down to the Blackhawks 3-1 last night. And not for a second did I doubt that they were going to come back. And you know what? On some nights, they're not going to come back. They're just not. It's statistically impossible for them to come back in every game that they're down by a couple of goals. It's just not going to happen. And those nights will be frustrating. But the confidence that this team has, it's its incredible. And I, I have to applaud the coaching staff significantly for for taking this, you know, a bit of a group of ragtag mif- misfits, so to speak, right? You got guys on one-year deals that don't have a home exactly, you know, a guy like Verhage, that odd man out in Tampa Bay, Hornquist brought in from Pittsburgh. I mean, it's quite a group. And Coach Q has got them playing. He's got them to buy into the system. Everybody believes in the system. Everybody believes that if they stick to their game plan, they're going to win most games. He said in the post game last night that this team never feels like they're out of it. And if they keep trying and playing their style in their game, something's going to happen for them offensively. And they're going to get a little bit of a momentum swing. And it's been a joy to watch for 28 games so far. Bill Zito also, great job as a GM. It's brought in a lot of interesting pieces, but what I think he has contributed the most to this team is the fact that he's really changed the attitude like he said he would. He brought in guys that would nourish the idea of a winning culture, a culture of accountability, positive attitude, determination. 
I think of a guy like Wenberg who has gone through some some ups and downs in his career, but sort of found himself a bit now with the Panthers and, and is playing a better game than he has in the last few seasons. Zito's impact on this team is is felt immediately, and I think he's a really strong contender for GM of the year, just like Coach Q is a very strong contender for the Jack Adams as things stand right now. I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of everything that they've accomplished so far, and as a longtime fan, and as you know, if you're listening to this, you're likely also a longtime fan. We've been through some shit. We've been through some shit. But we're coming out the other side. Climbing through a tunnel of shit. Coming out a free hockey team. Gotta love it. I am Brunswick. Thank you so much for joining me on this midweek, midseason ranking show. If you're listening to us, it's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, or any of your major podcast uh, systems out there. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Proj Panthers. We're on Facebook now, so you can search us on Facebook by searching Project Panthers. On Instagram, too, at Project Panthers Pod. Appreciate you joining me. Here's to another wonderful 28 games and winning, winning that first playoff series in 50,000 years, it feels like. Go Panthers and have a week.